Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, welcome back to the program. I'm Lee Lonsberry. Today's a fascinating day. You know that I'm kind of like a nerd. I get kind of hung up on uh, the process and procedure of things. And uh, this impeachment trial has given me a whole new opportunity to find myself winding down rabbit holes and uh, looking to answer questions and figure things out and understand uh, not only the substance of what's taking place, and while that is the most important, there are also a number of other uh, kind of interesting facets and factors at play here, and today one of those is playing out. This is a a thing that has happened now, you've heard this repeated, for only uh, the third time in U.S. history, where a president has sat on trial before the United States Senate after articles of impeachment have been transmitted from the House. So far, we have heard from the prosecutors, the House managers. Those are members of the House of Representatives who, after having been appointed by Speaker Pelosi, are tasked with prosecuting the case against the president. We've heard from them. They went uh, on at length, some 30-odd hours uh, or 24 hours, rather, uh, they took up all of their time. Led by Adam Schiff, uh, they made their case against the president. It then turned over to the uh, the defense team, led by Pat Cipollone, an attorney, uh, counsel for the president. <clears throat> We've heard from a number of fascinating folks on that team, Alan Dershowitz, uh, as well as Kenneth Starr. Can you, can you believe, go back to 1999? Did you think that you would ever see Kenneth Starr again appearing on the floor of the United States Senate in the midst of uh, <laughs> impeachment proceedings against the president? Uh, another interesting character during the defense's turn was Pam Bondi, uh, attorney general for the state of Florida, former uh, attorney general. Anyway, those are all those things have all happened in the past. And there are a few phases left in this trial uh, right now. A, uh, uh, a portion is playing out where senators now for the first time are being granted the opportunity to speak uh, indirectly, but interact with the uh, respective prosecutors, the House managers and the defense team for the president. They do so in an absolutely fascinating way. And this, uh, this is what gets my attention. I love uh, the way this process works out. I had tried to uh, speak earlier today. I gave uh, former Congressman Chris Cannon a call to ask if he could help us with this. He, as you know, served back in 1999 as a House manager. It was his job to uh, prosecute the case uh, against the the president, uh, President Clinton, when he was facing impeachment, because I had some questions about how this all works. How is it that the senators are uh, able to ask their questions? I uh, wasn't able to connect with him, but he gave me some good insight. As I sit here now, and if you have the, do you have the KSL News Radio app? 
It's powered by Any Hour Services, and it has some interesting features. Uh, first and foremost, obviously, you can listen to the program. You can also uh, click and clack and see all the different stories that the good reporters here are working on throughout the day uh, and some of the, the writing and work that they've done uh, bringing you the news. And then there's one other feature. You, you wouldn't think of this uh, as this is a radio station, but we have a video element. So on the app, the KSL News Radio app, again, powered by Any Hour Services, we have a number of cameras that are looking in on the room. And if you are... Let's see, which camera is it? There's the one. Uh, if you're looking at the app right now, I'm holding up a, a piece of paper, uh, and on that paper is a copy of the card used by the United States Senators. It is very, it is incredibly simple, almost staggeringly simple. The way it works is this. Uh, each senator, uh, they will take one of these cards. There's a, a place for their name. You'll see uh, it says Senator, and there's a blank line. That's underneath the seal of the United States Congress. Uh, up on the top, uh, it indicates the it's the 116th Congress, the second session, uh, United States Senate. And underneath, uh, this card is dedicated for use in the impeachment trial of the President of the United States. Then the Senator has the opportunity to write their name. And then, uh, and this is what is so remarkably sim- simple, uh, they are they have to check one of two boxes. Uh, the headline is, or the heading is question four, and they have two options. Uh, check one for counsel for the president, or check two for house managers. And then there are one, two, three, four, five, six. There are six blank lines, like a notebook paper, where the senators are each uh, if they intend to ask a question, uh, given space to write that question uh, out. And they at the bottom sign it. Once that question is done and written, they then give it to, uh, if they're on the Republican side, they'll uh, give it to Mitch McConnell. And on the Democrat side, they'll give it to Chuck Schumer. And then uh, it will be transmitted on to uh, Chief Justice John Roberts, who will read it. Uh, he will make it known uh, on behalf of which senator he is reading this question and he will make it known to which group the question is addressed either the council for the president or the house managers now uh, in 1999 during the uh, trial of William uh, Jefferson Clinton uh, it was Chief Justice Rehnquist who was the who presided over those uh, over that trial And during the course of those proceedings, during the question and answer period, there were approximately 150 questions uh, asked during that impeachment trial. It took two days to work through the whole pile. And uh, only one question came from a bipartisan pair of senators. That was uh, Senator Susan Collins and uh, Russ Feingold of Wisconsin. Um, He we haven't seen that yet uh but you ask hold on a second how can there be a bipartisan uh question there's only room enough for one uh name on the card you just showed us well here's how that works so the the majority leader or rather i'm sorry the uh, uh mitch mcconnell um and uh also chuck schumer what as they collect uh, the as they collect all the questions posed to uh, the respective bodies, either the council for the president or the house manager, uh, the the leaders of the respective parties kind of compile those questions. They skim through them. They look for commonalities. And uh, when if the, if there is a trend among various questions, then they will place all the names of the senators asking that question and then share it with uh, then Chief Justice Roberts. Uh, Roberts is going back and forth, Democrat, Republican, Democrat. Democrat, Republican, uh, asking back and forth uh, those questions as they're presented to him. Uh, so that is the, the, the way it works. Now, they will do that uh, today. They'll spend eight hours on it. 
tomorrow. They'll spend another eight hours on it, and that will be it. That will be it for for questions. The hopes are they can get through all of them. You don't want to leave any uh, questions unanswered. You don't want to uh, leave any senator with uh, incomplete information or feeling that they got shortchanged when it came to uh, their curiosities and desires to know more. Uh, so the, the the hopes are that they make it through all of the questions presented. And then on Friday, it will come time for the uh, motions to to do whatever. And that Friday is going to be the next uh, shift in the phase of this impeachment trial. We're going to see, uh, I think, is when the real fireworks are going to start to fly. That's when the debate commences over whether or not we're going to hear from witnesses. And then if it seems like that's going to be possible, we'll hear further debate over who those witnesses might be. We heard yesterday there were some inklings of uh, some individuals willing to engage in one of these one-for-one deals with the release of these documents, or, or rather the release of the transcript from a portion of uh, Bolton's book, uh, and he claiming to have you know firsthand knowledge uh, and having been a firsthand witness to uh, the the, you know, the allegations against the president. Uh, maybe it would be agreed to that he will testify in exchange for also bringing before the senators, uh, former Vice President Biden. We'll see. I don't know how it's going to work out. My guess, if I had to guess, and I think I heard this uh, voiced by Rick Santorum as he spoke to uh, KSL's Boyd Matheson earlier this morning, that the highest of likelihoods is that the Republicans will stand firm enough uh, to to defeat any motion to bring about witnesses. We've heard from Senator Romney saying that he is open to, to hearing from witnesses and he believes that maybe there are those uh, you know who share his view on the Republican side sufficient to, to bring this about. My prediction is that it's insufficient and uh, that come Friday we may uh, be uh, nearer to the finish line of this impeachment trial. Anyway, so that is all what is on the horizon. And you know what? I, I didn't uh, give myself enough time to share with you these questions. Uh, uh, to, as I described that process, that kicked off a, a few hours ago, uh, just today. And fascinatingly, one of the first names that we heard uh, asking a question was that of Senator Mitt Romney. Uh, he, along with uh, Senators Collins and Murkowski, uh, had a, a question that they asked, and they got the response from that. I want to play those for you. I don't have time to do it right now, but I, I promise you that uh, well, actually, I can. Here's what I can do: I can give you the question right now uh, as it was presented by Chief Justice Roberts uh, on behalf of Senators Collins, Murkowski, and Romney. I'll play the question for you right now, and then I will find time, I promise you, later on in the program to give you uh, the answer they got in response to their question. So here is the question. Later on will come the answer. This is a question for the counsel for the president. If President Trump had more than one motive for his alleged conduct, such as the pursuit of personal political advantage, rooting out corruption, and the promotion of national interests, how should the Senate consider more than one motive in its assessment of Article 1? Fascinating. Uh, that uh, requires a lot of explanation, and we're going to get that explanation later on in the program. But what you just heard was the very first question being asked by United States senators uh, of the defense counsel in the impeachment proceedings against the president of the United States. It's historic stuff. 
Uh, that question will remain on the congressional record forever. It will be studied, uh, the answer of which will be studied. Uh, and there will be folks who dedicate their entire lives to uh, peeling this apart, trying to understand it. Uh, and uh, for that matter, I believe it uh, is worthy of your time to study. And I'm going to give it uh, plenty of time on, on today's program. We're going to step away, though, from uh, impeachment proceedings in the next segment. I've invited here in studio Sutherland Institute President Rick Larson is going to join me. Talk to me about two things. His response to the uh, repeal of Senate Bill 2001 and also uh, some of the priorities at the, that the Sutherland Institute has uh, for this uh, legislative session taking place right now up on Utah's Capitol Hill. That's next here on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry and this is KSL News Radio. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.